Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. And we'd like to welcome you to episode 192 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. Man, I never thought I'd see the day we'd see 200, and I think we're going to get there. I, I was thinking about this actually last night, Pops. So 192, we're coming up on um, 200 over the next couple months. So that's roughly, what, four years of podcasting? Yeah, something like that, yeah. So we started, I've been at Northwood for over six years. Mm. You've been here for around five? Just over five, five. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I've been here at Northwood for six years. So you think about it. Now, I know I take some Sundays off, and I know I've missed a po- couple of podcast episodes here or there for vacation, and we've done some pre-recording, all those kinds of things. But um, let's just let's just say you know, we've 200 episodes, and on on the stage, I've probably in six years preached probably now close to 300 times. Mm. That's a lot of me talking. <laughs> a lot of me talking on this podcast that's too, a lot yeah. of me 300 <laughs> sermons and 200 podcasts I never thought of it that way and that doesn't include you know wednesday nights that we do a lot and yeah, some yeah. night stuff here and there and other things I mean, that's a lot of me talking <laughs> and if you've listened to most of oh, that if you're a great. member of northwood and you listen to these podcasts regularly and you and you listen to my preaching regularly god bless you yeah i was gonna say you are god a bless my you. goodness wow. that is a lot of listening to me and you too but that i gotta think about that just that's that blows my mind you know my wife i mean she is i mean as, as married as you can be to a podcast she's as married to that <laughs> this as there is i mean she she waits for wednesday uh to to listen to it so mm, anybody has anybody come up to you and said no, anything nobody say anything to me uh, I, I, I thought maybe if i teased them a little bit well, they would do that I, you know, that's so all right. everybody that's all right that'd be great this week do that come up and say past tommy you're awesome something like that <laughs> yeah that'd be great <laughs> All right. No, you don't. You don't have to tell me. Tell, tell Trey he's awesome. He needs. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, awesome. As you listen to the podcast, just uh, take a few minutes, invite somebody to come and listen. Post on Facebook, Twitter, call them, text them, uh, tell them about it in your life connection group, small group, and and just uh, get the word out because we really do want to help people connect the word of God to their life that they live every single day. Mm. And that leads us to this, because I think we, we place the gospel in a place where it's almost untouchable. In other words, we do that when we share with someone how to come to Christ, that's right. and we kind of leave it. You yeah. know, that's, that's for that moment, mm-hmm. and we have a little gospel presentation we do, which is good, uh, but the gospel is so much more. And when yeah. it comes to our children, and then getting our children involved in what the gospel means— it literally, I believe, will impact them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, that's what we want to talk about today. Is yeah, this is one of those issues where uh, I have lots of parents talk to me about this, about how do, I, how do I share the gospel with my children? How do I help them understand the faith? All those kinds of things, which is really important. Um, and, and uh, you know, I have the opportunity just in my role uh, to share the gospel mm-hmm. with lots of children because lots of times parents will bring right. their kids to me. Maybe their kids are asking questions and, mm-hmm. and they want their pastor to sit down with their children and and think through it with them. And I'm glad to do that. I always love it when I have an opportunity to sit down with a child. And I love and hearing you share, yeah, share the gospel yeah, it's, with them. It's, it's really so neat. Cool. It's a lot of fun to do that. And so I'm very thankful Refreshing, for that. Refreshing. But I, I want say. I want parents to be really good at sharing Amen. the gospel with their children. And and thinking through this, Dre, um, you know, 
what I really want parents to understand, mm-hmm. what I really want parents to understand is that salvation is not simply an event. It is a process. Amen. Amen. Now, it is an event. There is a moment in time mm-hmm. in which we are regenerated. Of course. It's a big fancy yes. word, right? That, that word regeneration, that we're born again. You think about Nicodemus and Jesus, and Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. There's a moment in time mm-hmm. when you're born again where you place your faith in Jesus and, um, and you experience that conversion. Now, I want to be honest with you, right, that, um, that for, for if you're a parent and you are a part of the church and your, your child grows up in the church, uh, just the reality is is that your child, uh, as your child grows older, uh, may have a kind of foggy recollection mm-hmm. of when he or she was born again. Mm-hmm. My son. Me. Oh, you too. Yeah, so I, I know I was six when I gave my life to Jesus. Um, I, I remember being baptized at six. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember sitting down with my pastor at six years old and talking about uh, getting baptized and being saved and all that kind of stuff. But I don't have a, a great memory of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't have a great memory of of you know the prayer I prayed or what led me to want to give my life to Jesus. I don't I don't have a good memory of that. I was six. I don't have mm-hmm. much memory of anything from six years old. But I've never doubted um, my salvation that 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 was the moment I gave my life to Jesus mm. because because you know I think I was in a church and I had parents uh, that did a good job of helping me to understand that salvation is a process, uh, not simply an event, right? Yeah. Because what exactly. happens in a process is as you grow in Christ, you see the fruit, the evidence of salvation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so so I, I want parents to be okay with understanding that if your child. Um, later on in life, you know, gets to be 16, 17 years old, and they don't remember very well uh, when they got saved or what happened, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if, if your child, your teenager, you know, is consistently growing in the faith and showing evidence of that, uh, then, then you're, ch- you're, and is declaring Christ as Lord in his life now, mm-hmm. your, your teenager's saved. And so, so because what tends to happen, um, and this is where it kind of gets a little bit thorny, uh, what tends to happen is sometimes uh, uh, when a when a child grows up, becomes a teenager, and and they come under conviction of sin um, or whatever the case may be, they might start to think, "Well, I'm not saved because I don't remember, mm. you know, giving my life to Jesus." And then they want to be rebaptized, and and sometimes we need to do that. Sometimes uh, there's a you know, a teenager will come to understand that you know I never really did give my life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't. I have not seen any real evidence of salvation in my life until now. I've got this desire. Uh, to to live for Jesus and and so and so you know we need to talk through that, yeah. but but a lot of times it's just you know I was young and I don't remember. Well, yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean you need to get rebaptized. Right. You need to just kind of think about your walk with Jesus and and see how God's been growing you consistently over the years, and that's evidence that you're a child of God. Yeah. That's probably a longer conversation for another day. But um, my point is, I want you as a parent to know uh, that salvation is is a process, not simply an event. There is an mm-hmm. event when you give your life to Jesus, but it's also you as a parent learning how to help your child grow in Christ week in and week out, month in and month out, year after year. It's, it's discipleship, yes. right? Yes, it is. So that's kind of what we want to talk about today right. is how do, we, how, do we, how do we help our children understand the gospel and then live their lives in light of the gospel? Okay, we're going to talk about five ways today. And the first one is this, let the gospel saturate your home. Okay, so if, if salvation is a process, right, it's not just an event, that God is at work in your life to 
regenerate you, to cause you to be born again, and then to grow you in Christ, then it would make sense that the gospel needs to saturate your home. That, that what needs to take place in your home and my home, Trey, well, not so much your home anymore because you don't have kids there, but my home because I have kids in my home, yeah. is we got to talk about the gospel a lot. Yeah. We've, we have to talk about what it means to follow Jesus. We have to talk about what it looks like to bear the fruit of the Spirit. We have to talk about what it looks like to share our faith. We have to talk about what it looks like to pray and to read Scripture and all those kind of things that, that I cannot rely just on the church, obviously, to do the spiritual work in my children uh, that I need to be uh, doing, right? That, that God Amen. has called me as a parent to saturate my home with the gospel. And so what I don't want for my children, and, and it's not the case in my home, and hopefully it's not the case in your home, I don't want the the good news to be foreign news to them. Oh boy, yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I want them to, and, and I, th- I think that we've done a fairly decent job. We could always do better. Everybody can, but we've done a fairly decent job of of making sure that our under- children understand uh, the gospel, mm-hmm. what Jesus has done for them, and we've done that since a young age. And so, so, so as our kids have grown, we have. Um, obviously had deeper conversations and 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 shared the gospel with them from a variety of uh, vantage points as far as how it applies in this area of life and how it applies in this area of life. But there hasn't been a time in my children's lives when they have not heard the gospel. And, and so in my home, both my boys came to faith in Christ at a fairly young age. I think they were both eight or so when they mm-hmm. came to faith in Christ. Um, uh, but we're still in the process of helping them to understand the gospel. That that never stops. And so there is this idea of saturating your home, which looks, you know, lots of different ways. Uh, so for us, it is that attempt, that attempt, we don't do it perfectly because no one does, but it's that attempt to have regular time in the Word together yes. as a family. Uh, we pray together every day. At, at some point in the day, uh, we try to use the dinner table as much as we can, as a Dinner place of are great. devotion. Yes. Um, uh, we, we've got a crazy schedule, like lots of parents. We've got ball season now and mm-hmm. church obligations, and so there's some nights that we're rushing through dinner, but when we're home in the evenings and we're not on the go so much, uh, as much as we can, we try to make that place where we read Scripture together and pray together. And so all those things are just really important because those things keep reinforcing right. the centrality of, of Christ in our home. And, and so... so if the, the good news is foreign news to your children, mm. uh, they're going to have a hard time understanding all the implications of the gospel, and they need to see it modeled in the home. They need to see mom and dad. And I know, you know, in the home, uh, children are going to see not only your 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 good side, but they're also going to see your bad side. They're going to see your, your flaws and your sinfulness, too. But they need to see you striving to live for Jesus. They, they need to see you bearing forth the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. All those things. That's gospel saturation. It's, it's, it's the, the message you proclaim in your home, but it's also the life you live live before your children, you see? And so that's just really, really important, that that sharing the gospel to your children isn't a one-time thing. It's a daily thing, right? Yeah. I think as pastors especially, we have to we have to be those people who are the same, and I, I hesitate to say that because people misunderstand it, but I want to be the same person I am at church yeah. when I'm doing the, the Christian stuff at yeah. church, I want to be that person at home. That's right. Uh, I had an advantage because I was never, I, my children were raised initially, I was not a pastor. Yeah. And so they, we were, had already established that kind of a gospel lifestyle yeah. in yeah. our own home. Yeah. And so when they grew up into the pastor, they, you know, it wasn't a change for them. Oh, now, now we're pastors and now we're going to do Christian things. You know, yeah. I didn't ever want that to be the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we got to, you know, as pastors, we got to be careful. All right. So let the gospel saturate your home. First way to help your children understand the gospel. And second is this, be ready to answer the big questions. And this is the tough one. Yeah. Because your kids are going to ask them crazy stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
And, and so typically what happens when uh, our kids ask the crazy stuff is we tell them to ask somebody else. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Go ask your pastor. Ask your Sunday school teacher. Yeah, let's call yeah, up somebody. Yeah. Uh, because in the home, what, what tends to happen is, is we're not equipped enough to answer the big questions. Yeah, that's true. And so, so and I want to encourage you. I mean, what needs to happen in our homes is that, that uh, mom, dad, you need to be the theology expert in your home. That's just the bottom line. Good point. I like you, it. You do because you're you're the one in charge of discipling your children, and it's the job of the church, the body of Christ, to come alongside of you and help you in mm-hmm. your role. But it's not our job to do your role for you. And so, just understanding that that you need to saturate your home with the gospel, and that you need to be the theology expert. Now, when I say that, um, none of us are experts. I get that. Uh, I've got a few seminary degrees. I'm far from being an expert in the things of God. I'm learning every day like you are, but I can I can put the work in to be able to disciple my children mm-hmm. and help them to think through the big questions because they have the big questions. Yeah, and they're very good at asking them at just random times. Yeah, it, I, I'm, I was always good about uh, saying that. That sounds like a research project, and 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 that might be the answer. That <laughs> you might know, you be go the answer. Find out. Yeah. Let's go sit down and figure this out yeah. together. When yeah. when you know your your little girl asks, "Hey, mom, dad, can you explain the Trinity to me?" I don't get that. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, and it is a tough one. Wow. But let's let's. But you need to understand that to the best of your ability. When when your when your child asks, what happens to dogs when they die? Because they're going to ask that question. Mm-hmm. When your dog dies, does my dog go to heaven? Mm-hmm. Well, what's your answer? I mean, I know that's kind of you know um, a, a silly question, but that that question that it, it comes from a heart that longs to know something about the nature of God. Mm-hmm. And so, being able to have a somewhat theologically informed answer to that question, I think, is important. Um, or you know. Just other questions. Does God make mistakes? Mm. Because there might be a, a, a time in your child's life when your child uh, uh, has some, 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 some low self-esteem and might feel like he or she is a mistake. Yeah. Does God make mistakes? Did he make a mistake in creating me? Mm. How are you going to answer wow. that, Mom? Yeah. How are you going to answer that, Dad? Uh, or you think about other questions. Uh, um, why did Jesus have to die? Mm. Right? Just being able to articulate the gospel. That, or, or why did God create Satan? I mean, these one. are all questions that I promise you, because, you know, I'm a parent. Mm-hmm. These are questions that are going to come up. And what are you going to do? You see what I'm saying? And so, so a lot of times, you know, you, you, you can't, you know, know all the answers to everything. I'm not saying that. Uh, but being able to, to be grounded in your faith enough to be confident that when your child asks questions, uh, you can uh, help your child answer those questions. And it may not be that you've got the answer in the moment, but you can sit down and say, let's get out the scripture together. Uh, let's let's think through this and let's find the answer together. Uh, that is part of the discipleship process. And so, uh, you know, I think part of gospel-centered parenting is saturating your home with the gospel, the good news of Jesus, but also being able to help your child think rightly about who God is. And so there's this idea of you need to be a distiller of truth and not an oversimplifier of truth. Mm. Now, what I mean by that, here's what a distiller, distillery does. A distiller um, uh, removes all the, the, the unwanted elements and distills down to the pure 
of of that element, right? Um, and so so that's what we need to do in the home. That 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 over the course of time, I'm distilling truth. I am I am I am implanting in my child a pure faith, the purity of Scripture. Here's what God says. Here's what God says. There's a tendency uh, to want to, instead of taking the time to do that because that takes time and effort to distill something takes time and effort. You've got you've got to be precise in your thinking so that you can give it to your child in a distilled way, in a way that they can understand. There's a difference between distilling truth and oversimplifying truth. Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes we want to go to the oversimplification part where uh, we, 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 we tend to um, not give the details because we don't think our child can understand them, or maybe we don't know the details ourselves to give them. So we try to oversimplify and gloss over, right? That's not what we're called to do. We're called to distill truth in our home, uh, to, 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 to give our children the pure word of God yes. in ways that they can understand to answer their big questions, and you just need to be ready to. Yeah, I agree. All right, so we talked about let the gospel saturate your home. Be ready to answer the big question. Third, seize the gospel teaching moments. Yeah, so we try to do a lot of, um, you know, the best we can, scripture reading around the dinner table, all those kind of things, prayer together. Um, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, the, the, the most profound conversations uh, about Jesus and what he's called us to be or who he's called us to be, Oftentimes don't happen around the dinner table. They happen in the moment. Oh yeah, that happens. A they lot. really do. Exactly right. Uh, when 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 something happens at school, we need to reflect on that. Oh yeah. Or just in the car, we're driving, and a thought comes to one of the kids' mind. They blurt it out. Then we need to take the time to think yeah. through that. Or when you know, um, you know, they 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 go zero for four in the baseball game and strike out every time, and they learn about you know. Um, uh, uh, endurance and perseverance. I mean, th- th- those those life moments are good places uh, to bring the gospel to bear mm-hmm. on that situation. Or you think about in the midst of discipline, we disciple when we discipline, uh, right? And and being able to remind our children of of God's grace and mercy even when we sin, and uh, and so so all those kind of things. And so um, and and even for us as parents, when we make our mistakes, when we overreact or we lash out in anger, uh, to be able to step back and say, I'm thankful that God has forgiven me of the way I yeah. just acted. And so just seizing moments and looking for opportunities, because this is what Jesus did. You know what I'm saying? When you read the Gospels and, and Jesus is with his disciples, you know, you think about the way he uses parables and stories and metaphors and analogies. I mean, he's living life with his disciples. Mm-hmm. And as he lives life along the way, he stops with them and teaches and, and disciples them, right? And so just, you know, being able, you know, to, to help our children to learn and to grow along the way uh, and, and certainly have those times where you set aside for Scripture reading. That's important as a family mm-hmm. to be able to do that. But then to be always aware of the moments that God has given you to invest in your children, the things of the gospel is really important too. So, so yeah, use, use um, uh, those gospel teaching moments. Yeah, I found that um, typically they ask the questions when you are in a situation where you're not even, yeah. you're not even thinking they're ready to ask questions. So I, I wouldn't say be ready, but be ready to talk about it. Yeah, I guess that's yeah, and yeah. kind of what I do. What I did in the past is when they ask these questions, I'm trying to just uh, prod them along to kind of say, okay, what are you talking about yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always use the illustration when the little boy says, where did I come from? And his, then his mom and dad jump into the whole, you know, birds and bees yeah, thing. Yeah. And he said, oh, really? Because my, my, uh, my, my friend came from Cincinnati. You know, so you, <laughs> you need to make sure that, you know, they're asking the question you think they are. And that's, so I, I try to, I try to make it, uh, and that, that does, that is making, uh, yourself understand what they're talking about. All right. 
So uh, number four, and that is, uh, oh, I moved the wrong paper. Excuse me. Be discerning. Yeah, so here's where we get into the, uh, the, uh, the meat of the conversation. How do you know when your child is actually ready to respond to the gospel? Mm, yeah. Because I, I can tell you, you know, when my children were young, when they were six or seven years old, um, they, know who, they knew who Jesus was. They knew um, what Jesus had done for them. There, there hasn't been a, I don't think there's been really a point in their lives when they didn't have some kind of understanding of the gospel, that Jesus came and died and rose again for them. They always knew that, right? Because we taught that from day one, uh, help them to understand uh, the, the good news of Jesus. So how do I know then when they're actually ready mm. to give their lives to Jesus? When, when, when God is at work in them, opening their eyes uh, to their need for salvation, how do I know uh, when, when, when they're ready for that, that conversion, if you will? Uh, so, so that's, you know, I think a question that lots of us struggle with as parents. And so, so I would just give you um, uh, these words of encouragement. How do you know when your, your child's ready? One, um, there's this persistence, I think, that begins to take place. I was going to say persistence is a big part of that. That that both Luke and Hudson just began to persistently ask more questions or persistently say, hey, Dad, Mom, I want to be baptized or things like that. There was a persistence in that. And when that persistence began, that's when the conversations and questions got, got extremely intentional. Uh, not that they weren't intentional already, but 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 more labored conversations about, hey, this is what what it means to follow Jesus and all those kind of things. And 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 as a parent, here's what I did with both my boys: um, uh, uh, when they began to be persistent, in some ways, I became more resistant. Hmm. If that makes any sense. Hmm. Now, now hear me. What I mean by that is is I wanted to make sure they were ready. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? And so so I I. At the you know the first time Luke said I want to be baptized, I didn't say okay, let's get it done. Right, right. I said, well, let's continue to think and pray about it, and let's 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 see what what you know what the Lord does in your life. And and so you know and so uh, you know third time that I'm ready to get baptized. Well, let's pray. Let's continue talking about this. Let's make sure you understand. And so you know it went on for days and days. Um, uh, and this, that kept seeing this persistence in him that he would not drop it. Both my boys were the same way; they just wouldn't right. drop it. They they were ready. They were ready. Um, and so, I, my thing as a parent is, I wanted to make sure they understood the gospel, what Jesus had done for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, made, I wanted to make sure they understood uh, uh, their own sin. And so, it wasn't just persistence; that was part of it. But watch. They were persistent, and I also wanted to see that they had some conviction going on in their lives, that they, they were aware of their own sin, and they were aware of their need for a Savior, right? That, that, that being a Christian isn't just, uh, uh, you know, um, getting baptized. It is, it is a decision to, to mm-hmm. follow the way of Jesus, and, and it is an understanding that without Christ, you are on your way to an eternity apart from yes. Him. Now I know for a you know seven eight year old, uh, there's probably not a lot to repent of yet, right? They're, they are certainly sinners like we all are, but um, you know they they might not have that drug addiction they have to repent of. Or, you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yes. so so you know, but still at their we level, hope. they're still at their level as a seven or eight year old. Yeah. I want I want to I want to see in my kids uh, some remorse for their sin that they understood to the best of their ability the gravity of their sin and their need to repent of it and to 
give their lives to Jesus. And so, you know, this is very clear conversations. Do you understand what sin is? Do you understand you're a sinner? I mean, what is sin and how have you sinned? And, and, and having those intentional conversations where they recognize they need to repent to say to God, I'm sorry for what I've done. Would you forgive me? I give my life to you in surrender. I mean, those were the kinds of things we were talking about. So there was this persistence, right? That they were just asking more questions than normal, uh, that there was this desire to be baptized or to whatever, they could, to, to ask the Lord Jesus to be Lord over their lives. Uh, there was, you know, um, this idea of, of repentance that I want to make sure that they really understood that. Um, and and, and um, I, honestly, I wanted to make sure that uh, they were old enough to be able to have a decent memory of what had happened. Mm-hmm. That's I don't a tough think, one. yeah, it that is, is tough a tough one. one. I, I I don't think it was at all bad yeah. for me to to um, get baptized when I was six years old. Mm. I, I I firmly believe that's when I gave my life to Jesus, and I have some memory of my baptism. Uh, but you know, there's something to be said about being a little patient, mm-hmm. making sure your child understands, and making sure that uh, uh, that that. Uh, they're able to remember, and I know it's a lot easier now because you know, we have things now that we didn't have when I was six years old. We have you know video cameras and all that that help to aid on that memory. Uh, but just 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 being aware of those things, right? That I want to make sure my kid understands the gospel, can articulate the gospel, understands you know their need for a savior, understands repentance, that they're persistent in wanting to follow Jesus, and that that uh, and maybe the memory thing isn't a requirement. Obviously, that's not a requirement for salvation that they're a specific age. I'm not saying that. Please hear me. But I'm saying for me, it was important that 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 since baptism is a picture of something. Yes. I wanted them to be able to take that picture with them the rest of their lives. Right. I agree. I agree. Uh, and so you know, I did not push my kids to get baptized when they were five years old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We uh, just, we we actually had my second born uh he he got uh really interested in being baptized and then what happened is we said okay son do you love jesus because we just knew he was three yeah. and he just wasn't ready i mean yeah, we, no and so we said do you love jesus and he said oh i love jesus so much and so i said why don't you go in front of the church and tell the church that you love jesus yeah and for him that was enough okay yeah and then by the time he was eight now yeah. that's when he really had that understand. what i call that life-changing moment in his life yeah and then uh, was baptized. Yeah. And so he never had the doubts that Ivy had when Ivy was younger. Ivy yeah. got saved at three and a half, four. Mm. And then we baptized him about the same time. So mm. that was a little, you know, we did were he young get parents. Did he get rebaptized eventually? He did at he 14. Did. Okay. He did at 14. And, yeah. you know, but he, he had no memory yeah. of anything. Yeah. Not just the baptism, but not the salvation, nothing. He believes now he got saved then. But, uh, at, you know, that. They had to struggle through it's that. It's just tough. And that's the thing, it's right? Tough. And that, that's, that's the thing you're, you're, you're dealing with as a parent that. It, it is a wonderful gift of God uh, to place a child in a home of believing parents. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's a good thing. I am very thankful that I grew up in a Christian home. Amen. That's my background. Very thankful I gave my life to Jesus at a young age. Mm-hmm. I'm very thankful that my children have placed their faith in Jesus and were baptized at a young age. I'm very thankful for that. And and I, I'm praying that they do not stray from their faith and that, that uh, they'll continue to persevere in their salvation. Uh, and and I, I think that God has surrounded them with with. All the tools they need for that, um, and all the people they need to help them along the way. Um, but 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 you know the the challenge is is that uh, uh, growing up in a Christian home where you give your life to Jesus is that um, you don't have that dramatic conversion experience. Yeah, it's true. You know what I'm saying. And yeah. so when you begin to hear everybody's dramatic conversion experience, and you don't have that, um, 
you, you begin to maybe have a little doubt mm-hmm. and question. My, and, my conversion versus Kelly's conversion. Yeah. You know, she, it made her doubt her salvation yeah, yeah, yeah. because of my conversion, yeah. which was radically transformed. And, well, and just to remind your kids, even like when my boys who came to faith younger for me, um, I might not have the story of the 25-year-old that had all this stuff that he did in rebellion to God and then came to faith. But my my conversion experience is just as dramatic. It is. Because I went exactly. from death to life. Everybody who comes to faith of Christ went from death to life. That's exactly. pretty dramatic. And so just understanding that. And then also, you know, um, everybody's story is different. And every salvation story we praise God for. But there's something to praise God for, for sure, that you were able uh, by God's Spirit uh, to you know, or I would say you were able, that God, <laughs> yeah. um, through God. Sa- God saved you at yes. a young age and allowed you to you know, have this uh, Christian life from a young age. That's a great privilege too. And so, Amen. you know, every, every conversion experience is, is a, a gracious act of God. Amen. And whether it was at 25 or seven or whatever, mm-hmm. um, praise God for that. And then fifth, and we've talked a lot about this, but be intentional in sharing the truth. Of yeah, the so that's right. And so just kind of end this up. Just remember the things that you need to talk about in your home on a regular basis. Who Jesus is, uh, what sin is, why we need a Savior from our sin, you know, uh, uh, you know, just the, the, the what, what repentance is, uh, what it means to follow Jesus, yeah, right? Yeah. Follow Jesus means what he says I'm going to do. You know, just those basic elements yeah. of the gospel, just be intentional of talking about those in the home and just see how the Lord works. Um, again, I think all these things, you know, as a parent, I mean, they uh, it just takes a lot of discernment on the part of a parent to uh, understand what God is doing in the life of, of your children. But just, again, remember that that God has given you a tremendous responsibility to disciple your, your children. That, that is your first priority as, as uh, a parent is to disciple your children. And he's given you his spirit, and he's given you abundance an abundance of resources in the church to help you disciple your children well. Um, and we want to help you with that. And so, you know, if your children are at that point where they're being persistent, asking a lot of questions, um, I, I would encourage you to, uh, continue to share the gospel with them, Amen. you know, and uh, and if you want me to help you to kind of think through next steps uh, as your pastor, I'm glad to do so. Uh, but we do want to see your children, you know, uh, embracing Christ and growing in Him. I'm looking at some of these resources, and uh, one of the one, the, one yeah. that jumps out at me is the Jesus Storybook Bible. And uh, that is a great way, especially yeah. with younger children, yeah. to really help them understand that the Bible has a story the whole way through, and it's Jesus. That's exactly right. And very powerful. And so it shares the gospel every single time. Yeah. And There's it opens things. up that opens up that pathway for them to be able to ask questions. I, I really, ha- that resource has been invaluable. We use that, and um, there's been lots of books we use. But yeah. we, we found a lot of just, just, um, just different podcasts that just maybe, you know, um, that that share the gospel really regular. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just good just to help our boys think through how to live for Jesus. Right. Like, uh, there's, uh, adventures in odyssey. Oh man. Yeah. My boys have loved that. They live, the my years. boys live that. So, and you know, it yeah. just, it reinforces good Christian principles, yeah. you know, and shares the gospel re- regularly. There's one that's a newer one called the average boy podcast. It's kind of funny. And, my boys have loved that. It's just it, it shares the gospel pretty regularly, and it reinforces Christian principles. All those things where they can listen to instead of listening to junk, yeah. right? Just putting some things on that are. I mean, they're done very well. These podcasts are done very well. They're they're entertaining, they're encouraging, and they're Christ centered. And just having those things playing while we're in the car or you know at home instead of turning on the TV, you know, why, why don't we listen to some Adventures of Odyssey or something like that? Those things have been just super helpful for us, and so and have led to some good conversations too. And so, there, like I said, there's an abundance of resources to help you 
uh, to, and I know right now in our church, uh, Anna and Cody are working together. Yeah, they are. They're and over the next year, you're going to hear about a lot of resources that yep. can help you uh, in your home. So if you're part of the Northwood family, be on the lookout for that. Well, Pastor, it's been great. Uh, just refreshing to hear about the gospel and getting our kids and grandchildren and on my situation involved in what that means. So why don't you close this out and get us ready for next week? Yep, I do hope that, that today has been an encouragement to you and helpful for you. And if it has been, we would love it if you would go ahead right now and hit that subscribe button, have new content delivered to, device, delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That helps us to get word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life. 